Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my name is Russell Kane. Unfortunately, this is Man Baggage. It's the space, the safe space, sometimes the unsafe space, where we get men of note drill into their heads and try and work out how men's brains work. All aspects of masculinity. We're either shaving abs or shaving figures off our balance sheet. We do the whole remit here. We're trying to build a manual. How do men's brains work? When people say toxic masculinity, is it just like a Gen Z buzzword to stick on Twitter and then go and get triggered whilst eating a vegan yogurt? Or is it actually a thing? We're here to find out. And it's women asking these questions a lot of the time. It's the aunties, the mums, the sisters are asking of their men, what the fuck's going on there? And there doesn't seem to be any pattern to do with demography. You would think, well, you know, he's an 18-year-old gay man would be a different question to he's a 78-year-old straight man. Yes and no. Horrible patterns emerging of the weather storms that batter against men's psychology. And we're here to pick it apart. And today I'm absolutely delighted. Someone who's so busy, it has been a struggle to get into this man's diary. I don't quite know how to bill Rob Moore. I mean, on the surface, an incredibly successful entrepreneur and businessman, but also social media personality, large digital profile, very successful podcast with amazing guests on it. The type of man that would work with you once and buy you an Alexander McQueen shirt. That's what he's like. <laughs> and if you think that's a metaphor, think again. Rob Moore, welcome. <laughs> hey, Russell. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you very much. Hi. Thanks for coming. Yes, of course. I should, of course, mention that Man Baggage works different to other men's talking about men's things podcast. There's always a female energy there, a strong female auditor checking that the observations or declarations made aren't lazy, generalised sexist bullshit or every one of my sentences as all they're also know. And that is, of course, today, Lindsay Kane. Hello, hello. My darling wife, it says here. In the <laughs> Let me just, they spelled, they spelled darling wrong. Let me just... You're such a wife. wanker. Okay, yeah. so we are going to kick straight off. We're talking about finances today. I had to because I've never... It's like the Einstein of finance and property we have with us today. And I know, I know from the heart-rending messages I get when I show them to Lindsay from men struggling with all different types of things, but always at the core of it is this feeling like I'm not a man because I haven't provided. And at the core of that, something's gone wrong financially. It might feel old-fashioned. It might feel like something from the 1960s to you lot trying to get twiggered on Twitter. Meanwhile, back on planet Earth, I get suicidal men up from age 21 to 61 messaging me. So something's fucking going wrong here, either in the way we relate to money, the way we salivate after it and we've got our priorities wrong, but probably also in the way we behave around it. 
and some of our behaviors. Let's just get straight fucking into it. The management, the supply of money, finances, and straight off with an impossible to answer question, Rob. So we only ask you to answer it in your experience, which is massive. You know, you hold lots of talks, lots of forums, lots of courses, and you attend lots of things. But have you noticed any gender patterns with how savvy people are with money? No, I haven't noticed that men or women differ in their savvy. I have noticed the pressure and the responsibility of earning is definitely weighted more inside the mind of the male than the female. I mentor many males and many females of all ages to start and scale their business, to make, manage and multiply money. And it seems, generally speaking, the females would have less external pressure and therefore put less pressure on themselves. And it wouldn't necessarily be the be all and end all. And there wouldn't necessarily be a societal imposition or expectation on them. Mm. Whereas males seem to beat themselves up inside and outside that turns into pride where, look, I'm okay. I'm managing this. I don't need any help. So back off. I've got this. Where secretly, you know, they're drowning in bills and debts. Now, this is not a shed load of generic research that's been done. This is me being an entrepreneur for 16 years and training and mentoring hundreds of thousands of people. So I feel like we had a chat about this, Russell. You, I think, very accurately pointed out that if a female is struggling with something, she'll message in a WhatsApp group of friends and everyone will stop everything in WhatsApp and they'll go and meet face to face and they'll all be open and expressive about their problems and they'll rally together in support. Whereas a man wouldn't even do that. And if he did, all the other men would be like, shut up, don't worry about it, yeah. crack on, let's have a beer, fuck off. Yeah. And Basically. <laughs> Didn't realise you'd been added to my group, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, my specialism is entrepreneurs, starting scale-ups and business owners, not just so much in the employed world. But I see that a lot there. And I know a lot of people's financial problems and challenges and they hide it and they don't admit it and they cover it up because they want to appear strong. Mm. Linz, I mean, that, what a powerful opening statement that is with so much in there that I can identify with and people that I've met and things that I've heard. Do you think taking care of your finances, though, is, is seen as a masculine trait even now, 2023? I, th I think so, yeah. I think definitely it's still, like, naturally, you're obviously the main, the earner in the house. And obviously I then... For now. Look for, for for now. No, yeah, for now. But, <laughs> but it, you know, it, that's just the role that we're playing from when we had a little girl. But the pressure is on you, really. So I think... That is a lot of the case for a lot of people, but not for everyone. I think the roles are changing, but predominantly, I think that is the case still. Do you think all being things being equal, though, women might be better at it? I mean, it has, the only thing we've got to study this on is how men versus women save. And every study that's been done in various cultures, I mean, I've got one here in front of me, but there are several of them, one from Bankrate, found that although both genders save less than 10% of their income, nearly 30% of women save more than that compared to 21% of men. Women seem better at saving and investment across all demographies, across all populations. I think that may also be risk aversion. 
Yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. Men live less long and die more frequently. We are lemmings. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're just, yeah. Our risk profile is higher. We don't directly have to manage children. Yeah. We do, of course, in our family unit. But I think there's a risk element to that as well, yeah. But so, Linz, do you think not... I mean, we need to be careful here, bloody hell, in 2023. But, but do you think being risk-averse is always a good thing, Linz? Do you not think that we do need some risk-takers? I mean, obviously, if you go take it to the extremity, you're in a fucking rocket with Elon Musk. Risk-taking is associated both with the losers but the winners as well. That's a difficult thing to admit, isn't it? I mean, I'm t- talking from my experience. My mum and dad are very, like, they, they wouldn't take any risks or, or invest in anything because of the worry. Oh, you know, whereas I'm a bit of a, I would say I'm a bit of a risk taker, really. There's so many things that I've tried, tested, worked, didn't work, fuck it, move on, on to the next type thing. That's just my mentality. So I'm weird that I've been brought up with quite cautious parents, but I'm not necessarily like that. Is that because I'm able to be a bit more, risk taking because of I don't know I actually don't know what the answer is to that Russell I have this quote go on Rob you know you know what I'm trying to say but I'm scared of saying is that because men take more risks they can do more things I've said it now fuck it yeah well I mean all the people who die building the buildings whether it's in Qatar or whether it was a skyscraper for a hundred years ago or the pyramids tens of thousands or how many years ago, they're, they're mostly men, aren't they? Yeah. So men are more suited to higher risking roles. That might be part of the reason why we live slightly less long by a few years. I don't necessarily think that nature needs both men and women to be as high risk taking. I think for nature, it would maybe be best if one sex, which of course, Going back thousands of years, there were two sexes. I think there's 932,461 now. But yeah. Back then, there were only two. Actually, I've, there is another one. I've just seen an email. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we don't necessarily need or want for women to have the same risk threshold as men, unless women are changing their roles and they're becoming more of the money earner and the breadwinner, which, of course, is happening more than it used to now. It's more societal rather than inborn then, in your opinion. Yeah, and, and, and maybe evolutionary, which is, I think, linked to society. What is our current role? If you are a single mum, your role has to change if you are not able to have enough money to live from your separation, for example, or if you're a female and you actually want to be an entrepreneur and you want your own career and your own identity and you don't just want to be a mum. I have noticed because... I have 144 staff here, in, mostly in this building and some outsourced. And I talk to the senior managers who are women, you know, and they say they feel they could have earned more, but they had to put raising their children and the gap in their career for maternity and things ahead of their career. And that's a factor because men don't have to do that. Hmm. But of course, I want to say one thing that hopefully will be helpful to men. There's a fine line, but there's a difference between pressure and responsibility. And responsibility is feeling valuable, useful, and somewhat proud without hubris that you get to make a living for your family. Whereas when it moves on to the side of pressure, which is distress, negative stress, you stress is positive stress, distress is negative stress. When it goes to pressure, that's when it can all start to break, when you feel the weight of it all. Mm. So if people are feeling pressure, 
just try and move it over into the positive side on the other side of the line, which is responsibility. Because it actually feels really good to provide for your family. It feels good to be financially well and successful. You know, people say money doesn't make you happy. Fucking does, in my opinion. I've been rich and I've been skint. And I can tell you I'm a lot happier with money. Yeah. I've never arrived in a luxury holiday and gone, well, that's not doing it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Certainly up past a certain threshold anyway, where you've got a, you know, a home that you like, you've got transport to get around and you can afford a decent holiday every year. And that takes a lot of fucking money, sadly, these days. A lot. I'll tell you where the paradox is, Lindsay, though. So, uh, you know, men holding it in about their finances and not discussing it yet. And this is only anecdotal on my part. Men seem really happy to sit talking around, oh, that job, that was a two grand job. Yeah, that was that after tax, almost getting their tax returns out in front of each other. Whereas I hear women trading figures less. So we live in a a weird place where men are keeping secret their negative stuff, but displaying peacock feather their finances at every opportunity. Well, at least me and the lads do. Particularly when we were younger, we would be like, I fucking got for that, I did fuck all, doing a lap of honour. I think it's quite an American thing. I think Americans like to talk about money, don't they? And they, they're not really bothered how that comes across. And I think British people tend to be a little bit... Um, but I think what people now are doing more is that, especially in the property world, which I've seen, is like humble brag and, you know, it, it's that side of things. So they're doing it in a... Oh, just doing it so casually, just dropping it in. Oh, what, driving a shit car on purpose? No, just like, you know, just like dropping in, just like casual, you know business class flights and you know oh this is what you could oh, do right, if, yeah. if you, if Crafty you do, showing off. come Crafty on property showing. yeah but it's like oh if you come in the property world and you know i don't know i, I see it a lot it's like look brand. does anyone think that anyone think this is cramp and then you can just see their palatial residence in the background yeah it's like if you're gonna do it just go for it don't, just don't go try my house is massive it. give me some likes please <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be refreshing just someone going this is my house can you give me some likes for being wealthy well, you can either say fuck off or not at least we all know what's going on Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What about the idea of financial goals? That feels like a slightly nerdy, on-the-spectrum, collecting model aeroplanes type thing to do. And it feels like 
men might be better at it. I don't know. Financial goals. I'm going to do this saving. I'm going to save for an amount. But the evidence suggests women are better at saving. But overall financial goals in your experience, Rob, how are men at setting goals and how important are financial goals is the bigger question, really. It's really difficult to break it into man, woman. Well, let's just talk about goals then. Overall, financial goals, are they important or should you just like some you? I'm really into books, right? No shit. And uh, some of my favourite novelists don't even know what their character is going to do when they start writing. That blows the mind of some other novelists who I love who spend months doing structure and colouring in. And the last thing they do is put the prose in. Is it the same in the financial world? Can you just be a sort of like expressionist Jeff Bezos just going from one thing to the other, making money? Or do you always have to set goals? Well, you cannot master what you do not measure. So I've just had five hours in a board meeting going through profit and losses and vast amounts of sales and marketing data. And without that information, I would not know the health of my business. So what you said about what Jeff Bezos does, I don't think he does. He might look like that. No, 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 no. No, I mean, I mean, could you be a, a non-goal-setting Jeff Bezos? And successful, is that what you mean? Can you float around life with no care or direction in the world and land at the richest person in the world? No. So do you think that that is like the key thing to be successful? You have to set and set goals and plan ahead. Well, it's one of them. There are many fa- factors. You need resilience, consistency, persistence, yeah. grand vision, build a great team. You know, there are many. But I know for a fact, because I watch him say it, Jeff Bezos said he knew where Amazon was going to be five years before it got there because he was being interviewed. And someone said, you've had a good quarter this financial fiscal year. And he went, yeah, I knew that five years ago. Yeah. So he was working five years plus ahead on his revenue targets. If you have external shareholders, you have to show them all of your financial projections, your budget, your actual, your variance, etc. So, yeah, I mean, if you had a gun to my head and you're saying, Rob, can you become a multimillionaire without financial goals? Yes or no? I would say no. You cannot master what you do not measure. You are far more likely to be successful. Here's the the irony. People plan their holiday more than they plan their finances. Mm. How stupid is that? And like you said about us, you know, you were both quite sceptical and somewhat sarcastic about humble brags and (laughs) braggery on social media. What's wrong with that? Like what? Is... You you don't you don't do a humble brag, Rob. You're just like, look at my car. No, that, I'm not. That's not no. humble. That, that's... Do you know what? Most of my cars have never been pictured. Most of my watches have never been pictured. I only did a um drone shot of some of my properties on Instagram this weekend. I have 360 properties, 1250 tens. I've never shown pictures of them until this weekend, 16 years later. But if I don't give other people the permission to do it, they're not going to do yeah. it because. Why are we not open talking about money? Why is it a, a social faux pas to mention yes. an amount yeah. of money that you made? Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know. I, I, well, mm. like I said, I think we are changing. But I think traditionally British people are a little bit, oh, we don't, you know, you don't talk about that. You know, it's bad mannered. Or, but I think that is changing. Like, I, I'm not offended. Like, if anything, I find it inspiring hearing people tell their stories of success. I find it really inspiring but that's just me. But somebody else would go, you know, when I've spoken to them, someone recently, they're like, oh, God, you talk a lot about money. I'm like, but I, I'm not. I'm talking about, you know, things that I want to do or, you know, and, and I don't see a problem with it. What I find interesting from a society point of view is, oh, you talk a lot about money with the, is the word inference that it's negative. Yeah, I, see, I, I don't think it is seen as negative, personally. 
No, but British people do, and British yeah. people are more sceptical. And then, like, it's interesting listening to you both discuss, because I've studied money a lot. I wrote the UK's best-selling book yeah. on money called Money. I've studied this a lot. Wait there, wait. You just called it Money. That was a short brainstorm, wasn't it? <laughs> it actually took a year to go all the way around to calling it money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I stopped you mid-flow. Yeah. Right, it's all right. But isn't it interesting? Like, if we were to rewind a few minutes and just analyse you both talking about money, essentially there's the second guessing about what other people might say about what, me, what we might say about money. Imagine if you didn't give a yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah. Because if I said, hey, Lindsay, Russ, here's my CV. You'd go, you yeah. might go, oh, nice. But if I put that on social media and a list of assets, you might go, oh, you braggy wanker. Well, essentially, it's just a CV, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose as well, the reason why you can get away with doing it, but say someone like Russell couldn't, is because you are an entrepreneur and you want people to invest in you. So you want to show what, well, this is what, listen, this is what I've managed to achieve and I can help you achieve that too. A better example would be a, a politician like Rishi Sunak, I think, Linz. But someone that yeah. we want to benefit us and do the heavy lifting, but we don't want to be reminded that they're successful. I mean, that's such a complex yeah. psychological position that Brits have ended up in. Well, compare that to <laughs> Donald Trump when he was American yeah. president, which is almost the opposite, bragging about his gamification of the tax code. And he is, you know, at one time, he was one of the most lauded American entrepreneurs. Our political mm. system is different. We wouldn't be able to get entrepreneurs in the current system of yeah. voting. But that just shows the cultural difference. Honestly, I prefer the American outlook to money and enterprise and entrepreneurship, personally. Do you think that cultural difference has a real impact on wealth generation in this country? Or does it just mean we don't talk about the wealth we're generating as much? I think it has an impact. Yeah, I do. For example, the legalities around company structure in America are more relaxed so that there's less implication on you if you go bust. And the more strict the rules are on going bust, the less risk you'll take to start a company. The less strict the rules are, the more risk you'll take to start a company. And in America, you are perceived and lauded as an entrepreneur risk taker. That's a good thing if you've gone bust twice. Yeah. <laughs> You're seen as a reject of society if you have in the UK. Do you know, funnily enough, it draws a brilliant analogy with um, comedy because, don't get me wrong, I'm a very successful comedian, but the ones that every all the comedians and The Guardian all masturbate about are the people that have bombed regularly or had real artistic failures that show they're really pushing boundaries. Oh my God, well, what do you expect? Of course, Stuart Lee went on and bombed in the O2. That's how good he is. <laughs> Whereas if you do too well, there's a suspicion about it. <laughs> yeah, well, Russell, I think we talked about this quite a lot on the um, podcast I interviewed you on because, you know, when I was a struggling artist and I was anti-capitalism and I love Rage Against the Machine, I would think the similar sort of thing whereby it was better to be a true artist who's broke and dies for your art than to sell out commercially like Coldplay. But actually, <laughs> there's a skill and an art to scaling and still being good at your art. No, no, boy, you, you misunderstand what I mean. Stuart Lee has scaled more than me, but he's got, he, now and again, he'll do a nice high-profile bombing at an event where lots of people, they're proving that he's at the very edge of risk-taking right. and comedy creation. Do you see what I mean? He's yeah. done the done the model. He will hate being compared to American capitalism. And I do hope you hear this, Stuart, because I love it when I get one of your emails. But the fact is, you are Donald Trump. Um, so uh, what about this idea of, this is all very well, risk-taking and um, wealth creation, but this idea of knowing when enough is enough. I feel like 
as a man, once I'm on the casino table, if I really get on it, it can be quite hard to get off, even though I know it's time. I feel like men are worse at that. Whereas girls are a bit better. The girls, I've women I've known at least, at going, actually, emotion out here, enough is enough. Whereas the ego starts to blend with the risk. And it's clear you're going to lose. But you're like, fuck it, I'm putting this money on, Gary. I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I think if we separate the species out and what initially our roles may have been, we need to be the hunters and women need to be the protectors. So... Just looking at it from that point of view, of course, very simplistically and, and very much in the past, it would make sense that a, a woman may want to more protect what she's built that she's happy with because that is in her nature to protect the children that she has conceived and is raising. Whereas we need to go out and bash more animals over the head and we need to go and procreate a lot more. Yes, mate. See you in IB for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm privileged to get an invite. That's good. Has <laughs> anyone seen Rob? He just killed an antelope up on that mountain. <laughs> so I actually love this discussion, Russell, because for me, why do we ever have to stop? And why does enough ever have to be enough as a male? Why can we not plan each financial year or each year and have new goals? And Because here's the thing. I bet you if you'd peaked at the pinnacle of your comedic career and you'd achieved everything that you'd ever wanted and you're like, oh, that's enough. I bet you within three months of doing nothing, Lindsay's kicking you out. You're <laughs> eating all of those books on that bookshelf, driving everybody absolutely <laughs> wild because in your nature, you need to continue to grow. Yeah. Very true. That should be the same for anyone listening to this. And people are like, it's all right for you, you're a comedian. It's like every job I've done, even when I was stuffing envelopes, I was like, how can we do this differently? What if I get promoted next week? When I was training to be a teacher, my pitch to get on the PGC course, I had all these ideas. You can always embody that spirit, even if it seems like you're stuck in one track, because you never know where the little turning might pop up. Do you, do you think we can fix society, though, so it's set up for, I mean, I've got a daughter, so that it's set up more fairly for women. Do you not think we could do something really simple with regard to finances and provide proper free childcare from birth for all children? Would, would that not solve this pay gap issue we've got between men and women? Because then it would always be a choice. Always, rather than, well, what choice have we got? One of us has got to stay home. It makes sense for it to be her. And women's wages would eat. There's some evidence in Scandinavia that this works. You can have 7, p, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. childcare from as early as you like. Is it not a, a decision we could make to make this more equal? I mean, free childcare would cost the government hundreds of billions, likely. That's got to come from somewhere. And also, why are we looking for everything in society to be equal? for men and women, when men and women are different. The opportunity to be equal, not having to be equal. It's just that, so if Lindsay gave birth, gave birth, she could, if she wanted, but doesn't have to, but if she wanted, she'd go, well, actually, I want to fucking go, but as soon as I can stand upright and walk normal, two, three weeks, fuck this, I'm going back to work, you figure it out. It should be an option, surely. That, for me, is a wildly complicated question. Um, <laughs> because... I'm not necessarily traditional in the sense that the woman looks after the house, cooking and children, and the men go out to battle. But that is 
in our sexes how it has been for thousands of years. And because information and technology grows so much quicker than we can keep up, everything like sexual identities and roles and responsibilities are getting questioned so much quicker than we can evolve in our natural biological inclinations. So to try and so quickly completely change society to give all women, even though some women don't even want to be women, and some women want to look after their kids, equal opportunity to do something which is traditionally not their role is a really complicated question. And I don't necessarily know that it is our government's responsibility to do that, bearing in mind they've fucked everything else up. They're 2.3 trillion in debt. We're going to be paying back COVID lockdown and everything else for the next millennia. So the school and education system are built and designed such that you can become an employee of the system. So you are essentially incubated by the system so you can feed the system your life. Fascinating shit, though. I tell you, I, I wonder if you've got an opinion on it, Lens. You're, I can never predict what you're going to answer to questions like this. What do you think about the idea that the opportunity should be there? Because of the, the reality is, even in 2023, you still sit down, a female of a certain age is sitting in front of a boss, and if she's just got married, that little thought's at the back of his head. Well, what if she gets up the duff? I think the opportunity should be... Like, it does annoy me that the fact that my daughter could go for a job and she's getting paid less than a man, so that does annoy me. But we've got friends who the main breadwinner is the female and the dad's been a stay-at-home dad and he gets judged on the drop-off at school. People don't True. sort of, like, say hello to him because he's, the, you know, and it that that annoys me equally. That really pisses me off. Yep. Not, you yep. know, I don't, so for, for me personally, in my experience, even if it was an option, and it, I guess it was an option because at the time, you know, you were touring and you were like, listen, if, if we need to hire some sort of childcare and help, because we were living in London at the time, we didn't really have the family around to help out as and when needed, you know, you did offer to get help. And I was like, no, no, I want I don't want to have a kid just for somebody else to bring it up. I don't judge people that do have nannies and all that. I really don't. I've got lots of friends with nannies. Um, but I just personally, for me, I wanted to build that bond you know, hopefully I've got a nice bond with my child. But now I'm like, no, I'm ready now. I did start a business when I was pregnant because I didn't want to be stuck at home doing nothing. I wanted to be work-based, you know, based from working at home. So I wanted to have the option to do that. But I, now I'm like, no, I'm ready to get back at it. That That's what I want to do. But I, equally, I've got friends who gave up their career to have bring up two or three kids. And now they've lost that confidence that they can't, the kids are older and they're stuck mm. in the same cycle. They're still, you know, looking after the house and still providing for the kids and stuff. But they're a lot older, but they themselves have lost the confidence to go back into work. OK, we're going to take a break there. That's the end of part one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.